You're listening to Broke. We bring you stories about what happens at the intersection of poverty and life. I'm Joanne Goldblum. I've spent my life working with people in poverty. I'm joined by my friend Colleen Shaddix, a journalist whose beat is social justice. Today, we're going to talk about the news that there aren't enough people to work right now in the United States. That's perplexing, isn't it? It is perplexing. What do you think it could be, Colleen? I don't know. Could it be that employers are offering so little in the way of wages and benefits Mm -hmm. that people figure out that by the time they pay for transportation and child care, it would actually cost them money to go to work? You know, I think that that may be a a major part of it. Also, one of the things with this that I've been so struck by is that people are, um, you know, talking about, well, they make more on uninsur- on, on unemployment. We're, we're giving too much on unemployment. Yeah, and we're seeing individual governors actually cut it off. Right, which is basically saying, I think, and, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, that the individual governors want to force people to work for poverty wages. Bingo. I hate it when I'm right. Yeah. um, This is seen by conservatives as a problem of the government giving people too much largesse. Mm. When in fact, the increased unemployment benefits we saw during COVID were just sort of helping people pay their bills, which traditionally is something we think you should do with your wages from a job. Well, that's really interesting, right? Because I think one of the things that happened with COVID, and you and I have talked about this a lot, is that it sort of laid bare how little we support our our fellow, you know, um, our, our fellows in the United States. And, and more than that, it really spoke to the issue of deserving and undeserving, right? It did, because we used to have this myth mm-hmm. that if you were in poverty, you'd really messed up somehow. Right, of course. You were lazy, or you had no self-control, or what, whatever you the didn't study issue hard was. Enough. Didn't study hard enough. But then you found people with MBAs who had been workaholics who couldn't pay their mortgage because that's what happens when your job just goes away. Right. So it was harder to paint poverty as a moral failing. So interestingly, I think it's a step further than that. I think we made national policy based on this idea of the deserving and undeserving poor. And, you know... We believe that somebody with an MBA can't possibly be deserving of poverty. Right. Um, Whereas somebody who didn't finish high school, we think, well, you know, that's okay. Yeah. Um, And and to me, that was really sort of shocking. And COVID, you know, you and I have talked a lot about this, right, with the National Diaper Bank Network and with food banks and and Alliance for Period Supplies. You know, we saw this incredible generosity. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of it, and let me say, I really appreciate the generosity and I do not want to, to end that in any way, but we saw that a lot of people were giving because what, what they'd say is, you know, no one deserves to be, you know, no one did anything. Mm -hmm. 
as though, generally speaking, people did something. Right. I mean, you've seen that in the past with natural disasters, right. too. Yeah. Aid pours in around hurricanes because mm-hmm. that is an act of God. Right. As opposed to the result of bad personal decisions. Right. And I guess that's, you know, and again, in the book, we say this very clearly, right? Poverty is not gravity. Mm-hmm. But the belief, you know, based on what you just said, is that it is, is that, you know, there are always going to be some poor people. Right. Those people deserve to be poor. Right. right now, there are people who are poor who don't deserve that. Right. So we should do something. You know, it's interesting. Um this idea that we should have stayed in school longer. Mm -hmm. Um, In our book, we interviewed two young men who got full scholarships to college who could not afford to attend even with a full scholarship because of all sorts of ancillary issues. You mean it's a myth that anybody in America can pull themselves, can, can, can get ahead and pull themselves up? That's what I mean. Wow. I mean, I'll, I'll go further. My own mom mm-hmm. dropped out of school in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. It was during the Depression. Mm-hmm. Her family needed help. Mm-hmm. So she went to work as a maid. Right. Right. And I, that was an unselfish choice. Right. And it, it's funny because when I think back in my own family as well, my grandfather um, it was lucky enough to go to medical school. And he needed, he was going to have to drop out because their family couldn't afford to pay. Mm -hmm. But he was, you know, the story of, um, you know, that we hear all the time. He was extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And so as it happened, the dean of the Yale Medical School paid his tuition, right? And that was just happenstance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not a story that most of us can look to as something that might happen right um it was extraordinary luck not that i'm sure your grandfather deserved it but sure but but no more than other people and i think that that is um you know you hear stories and everybody's got a story but so much of it is about luck um you know, these, those two young men that we talk about in the book, uh, it's heartbreaking. I know that was one of the hardest interviews you've ever done. Yeah, it was probably the hardest interview I've ever done. And, and why? Why was it the hardest? Yeah, what, what, what about it made it so hard? Um, because I saw in their eyes mm-hmm. this despair. They both saw that they'd done everything right. They studied right. hard. Right. They kept their noses clean. And it didn't matter. Right. And, and one of the things, I guess, that I hadn't thought about before until you said it just like this is it's very different than the high-achieving sort of middle-upper-income uh, kid who has straight A's and perfect SATs and doesn't get into the schools they want. They still, and, and, you know, right, we know lots of kids, right, who are really disappointed when they don't get into yeah. the school. Right. Tulane was not my son's first choice. But right. It's not really a handicap. Exactly. And so what it, you know, our kids dealt with disappointment, yeah. but not 
disappointment that impacted their lives right. in any sub- substantive way. Right. Um, and, you know, so we say, well, you don't want a low-wage job. You should go get more education. Obviously, that's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is these low-wage jobs mm-hmm. are often essential jobs. Exactly. They're the people who had to keep working during the pandemic. So if running the restaurant, if stocking the shelves is that important that our society can't get away without it? Mm-hmm. How can you not pay a person a living wage? So how do you think employers should respond to the fact that they can't get employees at the wages they're paying? Well, you know, that's a great question. And one thing that I heard recently from a colleague is about McDonald's. And McDonald's is actually raising pay at 650 of their company-owned stores across the U.S. And this is because of the tight of the tight um, labor market. And what they've said, and again, these are just company-owned stores, and mm-hmm. not all not all of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, but they said that hourly wages are going to increase on average 10% over the next f- few months to $13 an hour, and they commit to having all of their stores um, pay $15 an hour by 2024. You know, it's a a step. Yeah, it is a step. You know, yes, should it be higher? Absolutely. Sure. But they're a company that's saying the wages we're paying aren't enough to attract workers. And if we want to attract workers, we need to pay more. Right. It's not charity. It's what they need to do to remain in business. It's not charity, and it's not rocket science. No, it's it's so interesting because when the cost of materials goes up, businesses accept that, right? Right. That's, that's just the cost. That's that. Right. But labor, it's you can always squeeze, you know, a squeeze them a little extra. harder. Yeah, no, absolutely. But But it is nice to see a company that we often malign. Yeah. Um, really stepping up, yeah. and 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 of course, they're doing it for business. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. That's fine. I'll yeah. take it. Me too. Well, and the fact is, I, I have a lot of trouble believing that businesses can't afford to pay people a living wage. I just do. Um, you know, I know there are some companies that are tight. I know that it's hard sometimes. You know, and small businesses, you know, that maybe provide something positive to the community, right? You could sort of have a conversation about that. But multinational corporations? Yeah. And when you talk about any sort of worker rights, mm-hmm. from wage increases to health care to um, my state rep voted against giving women a good space to to um, pump breast milk in the workplace. Yeah, that that was disturbing, wasn't that it? Really, did really, get to did, me. Yeah. did really did. Um, and, and what they always say is, well, these small businesses can't afford to do it. The the law that she voted against did have an out for small businesses. For businesses, it would be unduly burdensome, and they usually do. That's the thing; they almost always do have those outs. Um, you know, which is a whole separate conversation, but certainly we could pass, you know, we should be able to pass legislation that 
is not perfect from your you or from from what you or I would want but that could make a huge difference. Yeah. You know, it might not be a Bernie Sanders, but it might well be a nice Democratic, Yeah. you know. Um, everybody should be able to agree that large corporations should be able to pay people a living wage. Like even if, you know, I know a lot of our stuff, it's 50 people or less. You know, even if you wanted to go so far as to say 500 people, right? Mm -hmm. So that wouldn't be great. I'm not, but but it'd be so much better. Yeah. It would mean that everybody working in fast food and retail and, you know, at the big stores would make a living wage. Target does it. Yeah. Right? You know, the federal minimum has been stuck at 725 for so long. And right. while it's been stuck there, the consumer price index has gone up 125%. Right. And, and what about CEO wage increase? Oh, CEO wage increases are just astronomical. It's yeah. been uh, during the pandemic, billionaire mm -hmm. wealth increased $1.1 trillion. So it's not that there isn't enough money to pay people well. Right. It's that the money's not being spread around in anything even approaching a sane or equitable manner. Well, and one of the things that I think is fascinating about that is it's very, very tied up with tax policy, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, the fact is that corporations are not required to pay a living wage, and they're also not required to pay taxes in, in, a, in a meaningful way. Right. And... You know, the top increase, top income tax bracket keeps going down. Yeah. You know, so we don't, you know, there is a lot of wealth. And, and there are a lot of wealthy people out there who who want to pay higher taxes. I saw that today. The, uh, what is it? Patriotic, Patriotic millionaires. millionaires. Yeah. They yeah. said raise our taxes. Yep. Full disclosure, and I don't usually talk about this. I'm a member of that organization. Mm -hmm. And, um... I support it 100%. Um, you know, but, but one of the things that's interesting, like I frequently have people say to me, well, if you want to pay more in taxes, just just pay more. So it's not that simple. Um, you know, in large part because, putting aside anything else, the government doesn't support basic needs. Right. Your, your increased contribution would not go towards SNAP. Or, or people. Yeah, it would go toward a missile system. Or right. And nonsense. and so so I think what most, or you know, most, I can't speak to most, what a lot of people, you know, you, you give away a lot more. Right. But then it's your choice of where you give it. Right. Um, and, and again, not, you know, not that that's bad, but tax us. Yeah. Tax us appropriately and spend appropriately. Increasing taxes without right. increasing spending doesn't help us. Right. But, you know, I don't think, I think we have to create a society where people recognize value and recognize the support that all of us get. But anyway, yeah, why can't people hire anyone? Because they're they're paying any store that has a sign up in its window that yeah. says, you know, you're going to need to wait because I can't hire people or we're closed because I don't have staff. What do you think that means about that company? I think that means they're cheap. Yeah, that they're not paying a living wage. Yeah. And 
you know, I think that that's their problem. And I will go on to a business that mm-hmm. is staffed because it treats people the way they deserve to be treated. Mm-hmm. No, I I agree. And I think that, um, I do think that, that there is much more focus on inequality now, on income inequality. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is a topic that um, I hope more people will talk about. You know, I see a lot of pushback, right, on yeah. social media and stuff. Yeah. But maybe that's just who we follow. Could be. <laughs> So maybe, here's an action step. Okay, yeah, do it. Share this podcast <gasps> with a friend or relative who just doesn't get it. Yeah, and 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 I think, you know, that people don't get it. I don't think that most people are selfish or, or really even cheap. I think people sort of, go along with what they know. Mm-hmm. And I think that what we have to do is find a way to change change the conversation. Yeah. Um, so that would be, I think, another action item is, you know, if, if you go into a store that, that says, you know, that has a sign up that mm-hmm. says, you know, we can't get staff, talk to them about, about paying, about paying a living wage. Yeah. A- and do it, I would say, in a in a positive way in a in a in a way to to try to understand yeah you know their perspective and try to share your perspective um and i think that's something we can say as consumers mm-hmm. that i will be more likely to patronize your business right if i know that you're giving your workers what they deserve i think that is a great thing and i think people could even send letters we yeah. can tweet that you know, because um, I would. I mean, I do. I personally try really hard if I'm going to have to go to a big box store mm-hmm. to go to a big box store. Um, you know, BJ's, Costco, Target, mm-hmm. they all pay their employees living wages. And so if I need to go to stores like that, those are the stores I go to. I buy Bob's Red Mill. So do I. And you know why I buy it? No. It's sometimes a few pennies more. Mm-hmm. It's worker-owned. Yep. Same with King Arthur. Yep. Now, of course, you all are of the our, queen of bacon. All of our listeners may not know that I have a problem with <laughs> buying King Arthur, but <laughs> they are also, um, you know, owned collaboratively. And the other thing I do, so I buy Bob's Red Mill. I also order directly from them. Mm. So one of the things I've really been trying to do is not to buy from, um, you know, mega. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I have been trying really hard to go directly to the, to the companies that produce the things that I buy. Um, So I often go down really big rabbit holes to find out where I can buy things. I mean, I have to admit I'm still doing a huge amount of online shopping. I'm mm-hmm. not really back out yet in well, terms of shopping. you're trying. I'm Let's trying. Let's all try. Yeah. But when I do, I, I go to, you know, I have really, really, I wouldn't say I've stopped, but I, I can't remember the last time I ordered anything from that really big store. Bravo, Joe. It might be my memory. That could be the problem. <laughs> well, let's end on that high note. Okay, excellent. Let's. Thank you for listening to another episode of Broke in America. If you want to get in touch with us, 
You can email brokenamerica at gmail.com. We would love to have your ideas on a future show. Thanks, Thanks Joanne. For <laughs>